Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to talk about political theory and adaptation, adapting political theory for different purposes and change and how to create change and how sometimes what you want isn't really what you want when you get it. And we're going to do this because I got a message. I watched your recent videos about electoral politics and change. What bothers me the most about you is that I know you know revolutionary theory, and you're out here telling people to vote harder in their local elections and build some civic club. Get real. You know there's only one way out of this. I feel like what we have here is a failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. How do you know it's not revolutionary theory? Because it's not violent, right? That's really what you mean. <laughs> There's only one way out of this. You're looking for militant revolutionary theory. That's really what you want. And it's not something I do because I don't want to uh, feed the rich and bury the poor, which is normally what happens when... Those types of strategies uh, get employed. But revolutionary theory, and you're specifically talking about militant revolutionary theory. Yeah, I know it. I know it pretty well, better than most. I know it well enough to adapt it as well. What you're describing as voting harder in your local elections, that might be revolutionary theory. In fact, it might be incredibly well-known revolutionary theory, militant revolutionary theory, just adapted to make it nonviolent. On uh, July 9th, 1989, there was an article in the Chicago Tribune and it contained an interview with a Peruvian revolutionary, a Maoist named Jorge. And he laid out the strategic template of what they were doing and how they were trying to accomplish it. The title of the uh, article was uh, More War Will Bring Peace After 15,000 Dead, something like that. That's where it comes from. The adaptation was removing the, the, the violence in, in their plan, the way they were doing it. Those initial low-level politicians, the mayors, well, they were immediately removed. Whereas I say, hey, you know, you could build a, a nonviolent organization, a power structure outside of political parties and use that to throw your... Uh, your people into the political machine and let them get sucked up. That's the difference. Why make that difference? Because I don't need your civil war. The civic clubs that you're talking about, the community networks, the template for that was actually ripped straight from the training materials that have been used to train tens of thousands of revolutionaries all over the world. 
Revolutionary theory does not have to have a gun. Um, and I said, it's incredibly well-known theory. And I'm sure people are wondering what it is. And I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering why I'm making a bunch of Guns and Roses references. The answer's the same. In uh, the, the Guns N' Roses song, Civil War, near the end you hear a clip, and it is a summary of that strategic template. It's a quote directly from that article, where it's talking about uh, filling the vacuum, you know, letting your people get sucked up. That's uh, probably some of the best-known militant revolutionary theory in the world. Millions of people can recite it. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are other ways to do it. It just takes more time. I think that that's probably preferable. I don't... Uh, I don't think that change necessarily has to be violent. I don't, I don't believe that's true. I think there are other, better ways to do it. Yeah, it, it takes longer, but the cost is a whole lot less. And I don't believe that uh, history will hide the scars of a civil war. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.